almost caught my first victim when I was 16. Know that I bullied a lot of when I was 17. Learn how to use that. Call my first one, our 18. All right, yo, 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 what's up? It's me, Charles Scott III, right here. We back in the break room, man. Welcome back for episode 47, Cuarenta y Siete. There we go, there we go, there we go. Oh, yeah, so unfortunately, you know, Evan couldn't be with us today. Uh, he has to work, he has to call some games, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, your host of the break room are busy men. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, we rocking solo dolo today. Things get into it with me. Um, just going to start off the show. So uh, your boy is finally graduating, man. Yeah, getting out of Sam Houston State University. May 12th will be an alum. So, hey, man, that's been cool, man. That's been, um, you know, pretty, I've been pretty busy with that, you know, handling grad picks and, um, oh, recent dropped the grad video. You know, uh, if you want to check that out, um, the page had liked it. Uh, the Breakroom HOU on Twitter had liked it and retweeted it. Also, if you want to see it on my page, go to 3 the last underscore king on Twitter or 3 the last underscore king on Instagram. You go check it out, look at it, like it, say, hey, yeah, I'm a breaker. I, I saw your video. Congratulations. Hey, man, I'll definitely shout you out, whatever. So, yeah, man, that's been going on. And uh, I guess a uh, quick thing I wanted to get into. Uh, before we just get into the show notes and every, well, I said the show notes, the show and everything, and every, all the sports are going on, the draft and the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, when you uh, watch the video, I was telling some uh, friends of mine, telling some family too. For me, I was a, a transfer student. You know, um, uh, Evan was as well. He went to CMU, then he went to Sam Houston. I went to Lamar University, then I went to. Um, Blinn, uh, Blinn College, uh, the Brenham campus, not the Bryan, and then I went to Sam Houston. And so, uh, when I graduated in total of six years, right? And so, you know, I actually had some friends that um, either a lot of them, some didn't finish, some of them uh, finished late or what they would call late and things like that and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I was telling them that, and I'm telling you guys this, um, you guys and gals this, that um, I don't know what your college journey or uh, any kind of goals you might have, you know. Um, here's an old saying, you know, the quickest way to rob your own joy is to look at somebody else's path. So me speaking from personal experience, getting to, the, I guess, the end of the tunnel for me as far as my college experience or undergrad experience is that, um, you know, I remember I used to beat myself up a lot because, you know, I thought that, you know, I'm not a I don't consider myself to be a dumb guy. I consider myself to be pretty, you know, somewhat intelligent and um you know, I used to see people graduate, you know, three and a half years, three years, four years, et cetera, et cetera. And so I remember feeling a type of way about that and things things of that nature, you know, feeling like, oh, man, how come my time hasn't come yet? How come this is that and the other? And just wondering, you know, why hasn't my time come yet? And I was talking to, like I said, I was talking to some friends and family and just telling them that, um, you know, a lot of times we post pictures on, you know, also uh, on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, or I don't know. I don't have TikTok, but whatever, <laughs> the social medias. You know, a lot of times we see, you know, the end of the tunnel. You know, we never really get to see the process. I know it's a, that's some, you know, I'm pretty sure you all know, you hear all the time, but I really want... Uh, um, our listeners to really, you know, understand that, you know, the things we do, um, even, you know, even starting this show, you know, Evan wasn't uh, here from the very beginning of that. We had Will, we had Marcus, we had Taylor, and, um, 
you know, even just starting the show, I remember when I um, first started this, and I had another show I did solo that you all don't know about. I got rid of right before I started the break room. Um, it was called Charged Up, and I remember like, oh, you know, it's not really doing numbers, like um, some other solo podcasts and things like that. I remember I was recording in the closet of my house, like back in my folks' place. And so, man, I remember... Um, it's the process of that and gaining new knowledge and things like that, things to better myself and and how do I run a solo show and how do I do this and that and third. And, you know, the process itself, it's, it's a lot. And a lot of people don't get to see that. And I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent as far as, like, you know, podcasting itself, but the same goes for college. The same goes for, I don't know, if you're starting a business or um, you got any kind of process with anything, you know, the process is the unseen part. Growth takes place. A better understanding, growth in every aspect, um, the mind, the, uh, your understanding, uh, how you feel about a certain thing. You know, just because you know we see things and we see people succeed, and you never know the full story. And you know, I would encourage those um, who do have aspirations of you know whether it's college or starting a business, or I'm pretty sure there are a lot of other things you can uh, you know. It takes a process to finish and accomplish, but you know, definitely find somebody who you know doing what you want to do, or you know they're doing what you want to do, or you somewhat want to you know mimic their pattern, not you know copy them in uh, in every sense of the word, but somewhat you know they're heading the direction you're trying to head in. Um, Ask them, don't just ask them what they did to better themselves or um, uh, what was their, you know, their favorite moment, but ask them what was the toughest time, you know, what made it hard. Uh, And don't let it discourage you, but look at it as if they did it, you can do it too. And nobody's path is going to be the same. It never will be as much as we wish it could be, but nobody's journey is the same. And so um, I just wanted to, you know, throw that in there and let our listeners really hear that. I want y'all to really grasp that if you don't take anything away from this episode, take that away, that nobody's journey is going to be the same. And um, learn to love your journey as well. Yeah, you know, keep uh, keep a good circle around you, friends, family, uh, for those who are uh, religious, you know, your faith as well. My faith definitely played a part in mine. And so, um, yeah, that was, I just wanted to make that quick note before we get right into the show. So, yeah. Now, going into the show. (laughs) We have the NBA playoffs, right? So, just a quick breakdown before we get really get into like the nitty gritty details, right? The Bucks closed out the Bulls four one. The Warriors closed out the Nuggets four one. Philly closed out the Raptors four two. Suns over Pelicans four two. Dallas over the Jazz four two. Memphis over Minnesota four two. These were all pretty. These were all pretty handsome series. None of them were too crazy. Um, we thought that the. Um, I remember when Evan was here, you know, we were hoping that the Nuggets would kind of give the Warriors some kind of look, but they're the Nuggets. It's Denver. They do this every year besides when they, you know, go against their counterpart, the Jazz, who are almost, they're almost like Siamese twins. They great construction, great players, severely underachieved. Like, so really, you know, I think, and I mentioned, well, we, I was texting Evan about this. I think I called him. And I was telling him, or I was telling a mutual friend of ours, Nigel. Yeah. I was telling him, I think Donovan Mitchell, there's a good chance he probably won't be there next year. Now, do I think that they should try to move him and blow it up? I'm not really sure. I don't know if you try to look to add something to it or try to move him on. I'm I'm not really sure. I think the most handsome look, the best look for him, is if he were to head to probably Miami. 
What do you mean by that? Here's why. So I'm pretty sure Donovan Mitchell is probably a pretty vocal, somewhat, they're trying to make him the leader of the Jazz team, if not Rudy Gobert. And from what it looks like, it doesn't really seem like even though they, one of them might be the vocal leader, they're doing a very good job of being a vocal leader <laughs> or just a leader on the court in general. The reason I said the best look, it best, it looks best for him in Miami is because you have an established leader in Jimmy Butler, who is probably right now the, their number one scoring option. Now, everybody knows if you ever watch Jimmy Butler play, he's a great defender. He's more of a defender than a uh, than an offensive player. Not saying he can't play offense, but he's just better on the defensive end. If Donovan Mitchell were to go to Miami, he would be the number one scoring option without having to be the on-court leader. Now, if we're talking about how would that even happen, what would the trade look like, I'm not necessarily sure, but I know for a fact Tyler Hero would probably more than likely have to be included in that. Uh, would they also have to give up Kyle Lowry? Mm, there's a strong possibility, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but if they can figure out a way to keep Kyle Lowry, get Donovan Mitchell, you're more than likely going to lose Tyler Hero, but keep Jimmy Butler and keep Bam, that lineup is absolutely filthy. I, it's, it's filthy. Um, I think we, yeah, me and Evan were talking about this on our last pod, if I remember right. And then they're in the East. Now, I don't know the Eastern Conference, how it's looking right now. What I mean is I don't know. The Celtics are looking like the abdominable snowman right now. Like they're looking like this this is big overwhelming power in the East right now, besides the Bucks. Because the Nets I I thought was gonna give them a better run. Now I don't know what the Nets are gonna do either because they didn't put up any kind of fight. Some of the games were close, but they shut them out and they swept them. So with Brooklyn I think it's a little extreme to say that they'll blow it up and they'll try to move uh, one of those guys, Kyrie or KD or Blake, if anybody will take him or um, any other piece, Joe Harris, if when he gets healthy or or Seth or anything like that. I, I doubt they would just try to move all these guys. But you try something so long, James is gone. Um, you know, Kyrie just started playing there now again and – it's just the momentum has shifted. Like they, it's something about when you get swept that really changes the entire dynamic. When you have outstanding players, Kyrie, possibly the best playmaker in the NBA right now, definitely on, on my list. Uh, not playmaker, shot creator. There we go. Probably be the best shot creator in the NBA right now. And then you have KD, probably one of the top two, top three scores of all time in the NBA. When you have these guys on the same team and you get swept, they, you know, there's almost no words for that. Now, a lot of people want to point to coaching and Steve Nash and Dan Tony and see what's going to happen with that. Or even one of those coaches move, Dan Tony might move or they might get rid of Steve Nash. Who knows? Who knows? And that's all fine and good if you want to point to coaching because, you know, something should have been done or something should have been impl implemented. Blake Griffin probably should have been playing a lot sooner than he did in the series. But... They are where they are now. They're at home. And so now it's just the things are changing in the East. It's not what we thought it was going to be. We thought Brooklyn was going to be running things, but it's, they're not. Also with Philly, Philly is looking like they could be a superpower. Probably definitely not this year. You know, obviously um, we have the news that Joel Embiid is out indefinitely right now. And so you have James Harden, who's probably going to have to carry a team, which he probably won't because he, he that's just not what he does. He's, he can't carry. So 
carry you to the playoffs, but not through the playoffs. So um, then you also have um, the Bucks are going are holding strong. The Bulls are feeling about falling by the wayside. Granted, Lonzo Ball being hurt uh, has a major role to play in that, but it is what it is right now. You have also you have like I said Miami. Uh, so Miami, the Bucks, the Celtics are looking uh, great right now, and you have uh, Philly, who's kind of looking like a dark horse. I mean, they'll be out without Embiid, but you know when they come back, you know next year healthy or whenever he does, you know then they'll be somewhat of a dark horse. So the tide is just really changing the East. As far as the West, <laughs> it's almost set. Like the Suns and the Warriors, you know, what everybody kind of predicted already. And I don't say they're trying to leave out Dallas or Memphis, but come on. Come on. Come on. Like, let, let, let's be real. Like, we, if we're going to be real, it's just, hey, look, it's just me in here. It's just me and you right here talking right now. It, it's probably going to be the Suns and the Warriors. And I know what I said about uh, the Celtics looking like the abdominal snowman. If you know, if, if they're the uh, beak for the abdominal snowman, the Warriors got to be like Atlas or something, like because their roster is just looking so complete, like from the starters to the bench. And you know, the Suns have a the same thing. They have a great bench. They have a, a great starter package. Um, Devin Booker is back. He's not as out. He's not as out as long as we thought he might be, might have been, but. The the only problem I see with the Suns is that they look they look beatable. They look very beatable. Um, and I know what you're saying, like you're probably saying, Oh, the Warriors lost to the to the Jazz, you know, one game. Yes, that is very true. But what I'm saying is I I never for once at any point in time thought the Jazz could beat the Warriors. There were a few points where I thought maybe the Pelicans can pull something together and beat the Suns. Now, granted, it would have been an upset uh, when I thought that, um, and the, the reason I thought it possibly could happen was when there were rumors about Zion possibly coming back. And if you're thinking that, well, Zion is a, you know, that's a that's a huge piece in everything. You know, he's not just some slouch of a player or anything. He would change anybody's perspective. Okay, that's fair, and that's fair. I still, even with Zion, there's no way I think the Pelicans could even still match up with the Warriors. As anybody, you know, as anybody who watches basketball, you know, it's all about fits. And so, I said this in our last part. I don't think DeAndre Aiden can get with Zion in any sense of the imagination, like in any any part of it. With that, they still closed my four two. Devin Booker was out one game. I'm saying if Zion was if if Zion was there for the entire series, even with Devin Booker, if he was if he remained in the series, I don't know. It's Brandon Ingram is a baller. Like he showed us that this that entire playoffs. Zion, we know if he stop get if he gets off if people can stop posting Twitter videos about Zion doing all these alley oops and still not playing like it, it's crazy to me. But, <laughs> but they look who- they look somewhat human, superhuman, you know, Captain America like, you know, maybe Iron Man with a with a with a full uh, body suit of armor, but eh, still human, still human. They look like they can be touched. The Warriors is something like um, 
you got to make them shoot themselves. You know, like they're such a machine, like their machine just keeps turning, you know, and shout out, you know, I was, uh, for y'all didn't know this, but I was somewhat, I was keeping a close eye on Steve Kerr just because, you know, hey, he absorbed this team from Mark Jackson and he kind of constructed it, but he, you got to give him his flowers, man. That guy can coach. You know, so he knows how this team works. He knows what works best for them. And he knows how to get his players going. And so they just like such a well-oiled machine. Shout out to Steph. Shout out to Clay. Shout out to Draymond. Um, shout out to Gary Payton Jr. Jordan Poole. All those guys, man. Like, they're a well, well, well-oiled machine. And just looking at <laughs> the Suns, who are also a good team, but... Mm, Mm, they can still be touched. They can still be touched in a way. So, and you know, Memphis and Dallas is you know Memphis and Dallas. I mean, good teams. Shout out to them for getting the dub and moving on to the second round. But right now, to, for for today, for episode forty seven, Quarenta Isiete, we talking heavy hitters, man. So, real contenders. For me, it's gonna be the Warriors and the Suns in the conference finals. For the Western Conference Finals, that's that's what it is for me. But hey, we're gonna wrap up uh, this segment real quick, and we might come back and uh, get into it a little bit more. But follow us on the Breakroom H O U on Twitter and the Podcast on Instagram and the Breakroom Podcast One on Facebook. Uh, follow us, you know, and subscribe to us on all our uh, podcast platforms where you like to listen. Get your podcast: Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, Chromecast, um, Anchor. <laughs> Anchor is another one. And so, yeah, man, uh, shout us out. Put us on your story. Tell your auntie, your uncles, your cousins, your mama, your dad, uh, little sisters, little brothers, girlfriends, your partner's your partner's uh, girlfriend, uh, your homegirl's boyfriend, whoever, whoever, whoever. Uh, email us at thebreakroompodcast1 and at gmail.com if you want to, you know, shoot us a question or anything like that. So, yeah, man, y'all holler us. We'll be right back. So yeah, what's up? We are back in the break room, man. What's poppin'? So yeah, you know, I said I was gonna get to some more NBA, but and yeah, we gonna move on past this. So, cause I got breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> so, I don't know if you all remember um, a Caleb Evans, right? So, um, we, me and Evan, we did the end zone seven on seven tournament. You know, fantastic tournament with Coach Gordon and Clay Mack. You know, they put on a great, a great tournament for the uh, for those young guys, for those kids, man. Um, great time, great time. A Caleb Evans is. Uh, was a former player for the University of Missouri defensive back. Also, you know, his school prior to that was Tulsa in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> was Tulsa in Oklahoma. There we go. So, you yeah, know, he was recently drafted to the Minnesota Vikings. And so, you know, I just actually in, in the fourth round. And so I was just looking at that and, um, yeah, I noticed I went on Twitter and I saw it and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Caleb, Caleb got drafted. And I was about to look at his page so I can, like, send it to Ep uh, And I saw his page. I was like, oh, he unfollowed us. It was funny. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by now. No, it's not fun anymore. No. Not even. <laughs> yes. But uh, I, that's how it goes sometimes. But um, no hate, no hate, no hate, no shade at all. Uh, we just got to hit you with the unfollow button back. So, <laughs> so yeah, 
definitely unfollowed. But um, nah, congratulations to a Caleb. Um, got drafted in the fourth round um, to the Minnesota Vikings. They traded to move up and uh, for that pick too. So shout out to him, man. I know he's excited to work. I know Evan actually uh, was lining up with him a few times, asked him a couple questions, and he said, "Man, he got game." Definitely a technical player, and that's a lot that the the Vikings need right now to um, get out of this this great caliber of player team, but severely underachieving status that they've been in for like the past what four years, three years. So yeah, just moving on to the draft. The draft has been okay. It's uh, for the the just going back to the first round a few days ago. The first round, the first top top five picks were all defense and that hasn't happened since about I think 1991 or two or 90 something somewhere in, in that span of years and so nah I, that was you know we had we gave me and Evan we gave our picks uh, top five picks for the draft and we thought offensive line were going to go a lot higher than what they did granted they weren't too far off uh, just right outside the top five. But if you go to our Instagram, you know, we definitely posted it. You know, we posted the NFL. They showed um, <laughs> first-round picks in its entirety. Uh, the break room, H, the d.breakroom.podcast, you can check out our, on our Instagram. So we had Trevon Walker go first to the Jaguars. Then you had Aiden Hutchinson go second to the Detroit Lions. And then you had Derek Stingley Jr., third pick to the Houston Texans. You had Sauce Gardner, fourth pick to the New York Jets. And then you had... Kayvon Thibodeau, fifth pick to the New York Giants. First five picks, all defense. Am I as far as Houston goes? Am I happy with that? Hey, we, we need it everywhere. I'm not. I'm not this. I won't be disappointed unless it's something ridiculous, like if they go another quarterback in any any time after that, which they didn't. So, um, Nick Casario, you know, you're somewhat working yourself and back into my good graces. I'm not necessarily. Um, I don't, I don't love you again just yet. I'm not, you know, super excited about you. But, hey, you, you're showing me that you're not Bill O'Brien, and that's always a step in the right direction. <laughs> Moving forward. Mother, I am not a Detroit fan. <laughs> I am not. I am not. I am not. But I love when teams play hard. Now, I say this all the time whenever we bring it up, whenever me and Evan bring him up. Out of 17 games last season, the – Detroit Lions won one game. Five of them, they were blown out. Now, so you count that. That's six games I just gave you. The other 11 games were all within nine points. <laughs> were all within nine points. And so I've somewhat, I'm not going to say adopted this team quasi. I mean, hey, I guess Dan Campbell's doing a pretty good job with that because they love to play for that guy. Uh, but... They're not my team, but they they might be a team I might check in on. You know what I mean? For guys that they, you know, it's 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 not the it's you know this team. She's not gonna be your first call, but she, you know, hey, this might be the one you say, hey, have a nice. Hope you have a nice day. You know, this this that team. You know, this the team you you might you know, hey, how you doing? So with the Aiden Hutchinson pick for them, I'm completely satisfied. You can't go wrong. He's almost. Uh, a, a no backlash. Uh, um, I'll be su- supremely 
surprised if he busts, which I highly doubt. And so I can, I'm super super excited for that pick. I think he'll do really well there, and they could use it in a lot of places. And they don't need a whole lot. They don't need a whole lot. Like I said, 11 games, they play people extremely, extremely close. Some of those were just bad luck. They won one. Only five of them, they were blown out. So they're definitely moving in the right direction. Now, back to as far as the Texans, I'm glad they went DB because now, granted, the Texans' defense last year was putrid. It it was was awful, you know. Their passing defense is not as bad as their rushing defense. Granted, so their passing defense last year for the 2021-2022 season was ranked 23rd. Allowing almost like 242 yards passing. Now, you might be thinking, so why go DB and not go? They have a guy and maybe not D-line. They had D-lines last year. They have a, quite a, a few D, defensive linemen. They're trying to attack two birds with one stone which I necessarily can't be mad at. And he's a good, great player, top of the board. So definitely it was a great option. It wasn't something they just reached, you know, really reach all past these good pieces and get grabbed by sleeper. You know, they didn't like, they didn't attack it like that, which I'm, I'm glad they didn't. So Houston fans, I promise you, that's a guy to be happy with. And just to go ahead and wrap up these last, uh, these last three picks. Uh, for the top first, uh, for the first round top five picks, you know Trevon Walker going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville uh, last year, this past season, 2021-2022 season, was ranked 23rd in rushing. So now they went edge rushing. DN, great pick. Obviously, schematically, it works perfectly. Um, you got somebody to get to the quarterback. You got also somebody you can probably transform later on once you get him into the league and you he figure out your defensive scheme. And so you could definitely make a package around him. Definitely can have an immediate impact, which the Jaguars need. I thought I thought they definitely would have went offense to try to help protect Trevor Lawrence, but you can't go wrong with defense either. Try to keep your offense on the uh, try to keep your offense on the field as long as possible, or get them back on the field as quickly as possible. So definitely not mad at that either. And then we we already talked about the Detroit Lions and Aiden Hutchinson, uh, the Texans with Derek Stingley Jr. And we get uh, the Jets with Sauce Gardner. So now they went cornerback. Again, the Jets are another, another one of those teams. They need help everywhere. Like whatever whatever they can do, if they have a top five pick, they almost just, could almost go just best player available. And so they went uh, cornerback with Ahmad Gardner. The Jets definitely need to upgrade at corner. Uh, I said corner. <laughs> corner. They definitely need to upgrade at corner. Um, their passing defense was ranked 30 last year in the NFL. Sensational. Like I say, these top teams are definitely attacking the worst need, like the best need possible at number one. So then lastly, at number five, you have the Giants picking up Kayvon Thibodeau. So picking up a DN for the Giants, if I said it once, I'll say it a million times. They definitely need a DN. The Giants were giving up 129 yards a game last season. They have a lot of issues. Now, granted, see, I thought that they might have, you know, just for a wild card throw out there, I thought they might have jumped the quarterback situation with Daniel Jones because I'm not necessarily sure what they even, if they believe in him or not. I don't think he has the franchise yet. So we're definitely, uh, we're seeing more and more as the, you know, it unfolds in our, um, as the draft continues, but the defense has been heavy. 
you know, later on the rounds, you know, we obviously saw offense, a lot of offensive linemen went early too. So, but no, nah, it's been a cool, it's been a cool draft uh, early on. It's been very interesting. Uh, continue to watch the draft. Follow us on the Break Room HOU on Twitter. We'll keep giving you updates. The break, the break room podcast on Instagram and the Break Room Podcast One on Facebook. So keep interact with us. Tell us your thoughts. Interact with us some if during the draft, during the playoffs as well. And so yeah, y'all take it easy, man. This has been episode forty seven, Quarenta E Siete. And man, if everyone would tell you, he would definitely tell you something in French. I don't know it. But yeah, y'all take it easy, man. We'll holler at y'all next time. I know you've been going through some things. Uh, I know you don't even love the same. Do you? Do you? I know you've been running on empty, running on empty.